0: You have a little cinemaskist in you. No twink it's bonds. A lot of sucking. It is a hoot and a half. It is so weird and I don't know what its point is, but I love it. If you
1: kill a child, I'm on board with your movie. Diamond Dallas Page, self high five is the real people's champion. Can I be your bratwurst? Please.
0: Do you have a crush on him? That does not narrow it down. The answer is
1: probably yes. I am obsessed with Schrader. I want that man to marry me. Show me that pale brown eye. (laughs) Bring me to your crypt, baby. Is nice, nice, very air. He has a very sweet ass. Very cute butt. Does.
0: I want to see some dong. Not entirely successful. This is an excruciating experience. I understand that you are the. Well, it's like a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. We hope that this is never a floppy list and that we get you hard. Hard watch, soft skin. Watch, skip. Watch, skip, bluff. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of Watch Skip Plus, the movie review podcast with a lifestyle twist. Every week, my co-host and I will review a brand new film, whether that be in the theaters, streaming online, or sometimes simultaneously. And we will let you know if we think you should watch or skip it. The Plus is a bonus review from each of us, and that can be anything from our lives that we want to talk about. Another movie, a television show... Something that happened in our lives, maybe our cat who purposely locks himself in the bathroom while you're trying to work so you pay attention to him. <laughs> it can be anything. I am the Cinemask Justin just in the red. Joined as always by my lovely co-host Cupcake, a.k.a. Machine Gun Jelly. Ooh, machine. Jose, how are you doing? I didn't even think of that connection.
1: El Machine Jelly. Yes. Здравствуйте, <laughs> comrade. Um, God, I even probably got that wrong. Um, (laughs) Better than me. I'm, I'm doing great. Actually. Uh, curious about your thoughts on this one. Quite honestly. I'm also curious
0: about your thoughts. And this one in particular is the machine, the film debut of comedian, very popular comedian. I know the wildebeest Mike and others are very surprised at that, but yes, very popular comedian, Burt Kreischer. He's no machine gun jelly, but he is the machine (laughs) before we get to that and discover how both of us, since we've never talked about Bert on the show or to each other behind the scenes took to his comedy. We do have some pluses. So machine gun jelly, what is your plus for this week? (laughs)
1: Uh, so I oftentimes will just randomly, uh, contribute to Kickstarter campaigns and, um, those are usually, or Indiegogo campaigns. I, you know, I, I flip back and forth between those two. and Usually it there's things with varying success. I won't go into all of the things that I've sort of like uh, tried to fund. Um, but this isn't actually the plus, but uh, some of the ones that have worked out are these Gorilla Earbuds that I sort of like, um, that I funded. Uh, those were actually okay. They, they are like an open design on your ears, so you don't actually like stick something inside your ear canal. It just sort of like sits on top of your ear canal and then projects. I, I have a thing about <clears throat> sticking things into my holes. Yes, um, dang it. I hate so, that you
0: did it. I was going to make a joke.
1: <laughs> I could tell when you started doing that, you're like, I know
0: Justin has a joke here, so I'm going to prevent him from doing it.
1: Uh, I, yeah. Uh, and so a lot of uh, – in fact, I'm wearing – I'm wearing my Ola dance uh, wearable stereos right now because I don't, again, I don't like inserting inserting stuff into my ear canals. So I prefer the open uh, style of uh, headphones or earbuds, but I funded that. I funded a portable bidet that actually turned out that I got an email saying that the people had scammed Indiegogo and Kickstarter and that they had to, uh, Uh, withhold the rest of the funds and then we're kind of like demanding money back but apparently the people have absconded um so just so anybody knows if you contribute to any of these campaigns it's really hit or miss you're either gonna get it or you're not gonna get it
0: sometimes it can be pretty shitty if it's a portable bidet which i mean i guess you could just go get a hose at that point (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Actually, so you know what? After I had funded that particular like portable d- bidet thing, I realized on Amazon there were like a million cheaper portable bidets, um, which, you know, essentially boil down to plastic water bottles that you just saw basically refill and squeeze or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like that. Mm, anyway, uh, I also funded some like uh, 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 COVID masks also. Uh, also to some varying success, uh, and then the one thing that I did get, which does insert into your ears, it's something called Olive Max, but it's kind of like a over-the-counter hearing aid. Plus, um, it looks pretty fucking cool when you put it on your ear. Um, it looks a little futuristic and strange, uh, but that that actually I use those frequently. So, I, what am I getting to?
0: I like, I just have a quick question to cut you off. Are you your is going bad?
1: Um, I see what you're doing and I'm not (laughs) falling for it (laughs) sorry (laughs) Um, you know what I think uh, for some reason I always think that like my left ear doesn't hear as well Um, but when I started using the Olive Max like hearing aid thing I was like fuck this (laughs) I can hear I'm not going to use it or whatever but it's great for television at night when Scooter's trying to sleep And I just, I literally will just turn it down to like four and then put on the Olive Max um, hearing aids. And I can literally like hear the television, even though if somebody were sitting there could barely hear it. So I love it. Yeah, I kind of like it. Also, I am not eavesdropping on conversations if people are um, implying that or thinking about that. But, um, well, I wasn't, but now I am. (laughs) But I guess that could be an occupational hazard if you see me wearing the Olive Max things. But okay, so what am I getting to? I actually funded something called the fly weight which i have not tried out yet but uh basically you all know about kettlebell workouts right which involves the um russian we're gonna get to this i'm like obsessed with russian culture and russian men um make that in love with russian men um but uh the kettlebell obviously came from russia and it 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 looks like a basically like a weight with a ball weight with a handle on it. I'm sure people have seen this because kettlebells are now very, very popular. Um, But the thing about the kettlebell is, you know, you can't vary the grip on it. And so sometimes you have to flip it upside down and hold the balls. Sorry, Um, you're not sorry. (laughs) I can tell you're not. (laughs) (laughs) While you're doing while you're doing the exercises and whatnot, so it's a little ungainly. Um, Well, the very clever people at this at this company called Flyweight essentially created a modifiable weighted kettlebell kettlebell that comes in four separate pieces, and you can actually change it into certain shapes. Like, you know, like a, like an L shape or a U shape, or you can even do something where it looks like an S and, uh, they sent me the flyweight itself, which is a very, very beautiful design. I think if you guys just Google flyweight and then like, uh, like maybe exercise, you'll, you'll get to see this thing. Um, it's also, I bought the 12 pound model because I thought 10 pounds, fuck the 10 pound thing, but it is actually really (laughs) fucking heavy. Um, like when I brought the box in, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be throwing this thing around. What? Um, But I've checked out some of the exercises and the science behind it seems pretty sound, which is obviously lower rates, higher reps helps you to burn like the metabolism. And again, it's like a it's like a kettlebell workout. It's just you're not flinging around this ungainly ball. You now have this thing that you can kind of like uh shift around so i haven't started the exercise program yet that's actually going to start in june it's a 90-day program maybe i'll share the results with it because cupcake needs to lose some of the icing (laughs)
0: oh well i don't i don't think you do but i I know where you're coming from because i feel like i need to be shedding some of the icing uh and (laughs) I mean, I, I think it's been a while since I've gone back to the doctors. I think I've got my cholesterol under control, but, you know, okay, I, was, okay. I just have a problem with I don't want to work out. I'm just, I'll walk, but that's it. I just don't like, even I, if it's you something know what? simple, like I, I, all I have to do really do when I do it is like jumping jacks, sit-ups and that. I have the one, well, I broke it, but I have one of, my mother had one of the step, it's it's kind of like a treadmill, but it's one you just kind of step up and down on.
1: I'm not even gonna ask how you broke it.
0: Uh, I think I just went too hard on it, <laughs> to be honest with you. But that was perfect because I could do that while I was at work, uh, while I was working. Sometimes, you know, I've got I picked up one of the. Uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of it, but you attach the wall to so you can lift yourself up. Why can't I? Th- it's just a bar, but basically. Pull-up bar. Pull-up bar, thank you. I couldn't think of the yeah. word pull-ups. This is why, folks, I'm so illiterate when it comes to working out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I, I get where you're coming from, and it's always good to try to be healthy regardless of, you know, you know, if you need to lose weight or not, it's always the older you get, the older we get, it's, you just need to do it just to keep your body in motion. Um, so let me know how it is. Maybe that'll be something I invest in. Uh, maybe you could live stream it. No, 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 no,
1: no. no. (laughs) I found the one thing that Jose's like, you know, I'm not going to do that. No. So the way, the way some of the workouts, um, are, are, they're structured kind of like you know, there on a set day, there is, uh, there's three exercises that you will do and you sort of do like these, I believe they're called ladder reps. So it would be, 20 of one exercise, 10 of another, I'm sorry, 15 of another, 10 of another rest for two minutes, and then you do three cycles of that. And then you're done your workout. So that actually was very interesting to me. I was like, great, because I don't have time, right? I don't have time to pull out all this fancy equipment and do all that stuff. And, you know, if I pop in a video, I'm probably just going to sit down and watch it rather than actually do it. (laughs) Um, So but it, it, you know, it might, it might be interesting. And if you guys are, interested the reason why these things kind of you know they get to me in my mind they're like they're like you know it's going to be $350 when it comes out but you can get it now for 150 and I'm kind of like Ooh, that uh, is a good deal uh, that is uh, a good deal uh, and then I do it you know what i mean and so it's like well even if i don't use it i got it at half off but if if anybody is interested there the the website is the flyweight and so that's t h e f l y w e i g h t dot u s and then if you want to go on instagram and um visually check it out they are at instagram dot com backslash the underscore flyweight and again f l y and then weight like your weight um but it's uh you can actually see the configurations on it. it it's actually pretty damn cool and so i uh once again we'll move and we'll move on this is the last bit i promise Um, people don't know this, but in addition to wanting to be an actor, a stunt person, a makeup artist for the movies and film and television, as well as a lawyer, um, I, my undergrad is in kinesiology, which is exercise science. And so, um, I see a lot of these like exercise things that kind of go in there and my education tells me this is bullshit. Um, But I kind of looked at this and I kind of was like, you know what? They might have something here. So for whatever that's worth, y'all, that's my plus flyweight.
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, I know that my plus is something that you are very familiar with, Jose, because it is a recent movie that came out that you saw as part of a Monday mystery movie. And I missed out on the mystery. And I almost said we should cover it on the show, but I didn't want you to feel like you had to go see it again. And after finally seeing it myself, (laughs) I'm glad I didn't force you to see it. So we're just going to review it now, and that is Robert Rodriguez's hypnotic. Which, oh my god. Folks, if you've ever seen the episode of South Park where Cartman comes out of a coma and thinks he has psychic powers, this is basically that movie. Uh, the way he fights with the the psychics on the episode of South Park where they just don't touch each other but just go as they look at each other is this movie in a nutshell. If you don't want to be spoiled, skip ahead to the next section from our timestamps. I'm just going to spoil the shizad out of this because to get to why this is so preposterous preposterously stupid, not preposterously fun, you need to know where it goes. So this site, if you haven't seen the trailers, the basic idea is that Ben Affleck, you know, he's a cop, a detective, his daughter went missing. He's, you know, trying to get back onto the force. He's trying to thwart a bank robbery. And then he discovers that William Fichtner taunts him kind of about his daughter and then just seemingly disappears after jumping off of a roof. And the most curious thing is he seems to be able to control people's minds. This is already where the film falls apart because if Fickner can control people's minds and they flat out state that these people are basically automata, automatons, automatons, whatever you want to say until their task is complete. Why is he not just having them kill Ben Affleck or do whatever and we'll get to what his (laughs) goal is? Because there's so many times these people will do like one basic thing, like just say, oh, you know he's not who you're looking for. And then they just like either get out of the trance or basically drop dead to a degree. And I'm like, why was that your only directive? And there's no ground rules to this movie. Sometimes you, they can manipulate the entire world and make it look like uh Inception light. And other times you know, he can only do very few things and it's easy to trick. And the big twist, which even I kind of saw coming, was that, oh my God, Ben Affleck actually has these powers. As he's, uh, with a hypnotist herself, like a fortune teller trying to save his daughter, he discovers in one of the most laughable scenes, and I was alone in a theater, which is good because I could not stop cackling after a while. (laughs) And where I started laughing was the scene where Ben Affleck discovers that he has these powers and can thwart Fickner because Fickner does okay. He does fine with like the evil look, but Affleck more than anybody has this goofy look on his face and they give this really shitty filter to make it look like his mind is at work. And oh my God, I could not stop laughing when he had to get this stupid goofy look, but that would be bad enough. The reason this movie goes to a whole other level is it's twist. So after you find out that Ben Affleck is one of them, you discover that his daughter is actually the daughter he had, not with a prior wife, but with the the fortune teller, which makes sense because the daughter was of a mixed race and the wife that he was imagining was also as white as he was. So I'm like, did you adopt her? Because there's no way that came from you two. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's probably this lady. And that's what it (laughs) turned out to be. And she is working with whatever this hypnotist group is to basically steal his daughter or their daughter because... She is the next coming. She's going to be the all-powerful hypnotist that can, I guess, control the world or whatever dumb bullshit they wanted her to do. And he tried to thwart that. So they erased his memory, but, oh, he hit her somewhere. So now they have to rejog his memory by creating scenarios of this bank robbery. (laughs) So we have to redo everything in the beginning because once he learns that, you know, Oh, discovers, oh shit, I'm all of this, and they go to wipe his memory, they retry doing the same scenario. They mentioned this is like the 13th time they try it. Why would you just keep doing the same fucking scenario over and over again? Wouldn't you switch it up each one? And this is where it gets really dumb, folks. Because they state that you can can manipulate everything. So if you're on a train tracks, they can make the train look like it's going all over the place. So (laughs) at first, I got why they had what was just a studio lot where they had uh, you know, oh, it looks like he's down in Mexico because here's some buildings and here's the thing that says bank. But, you know, it's everything's only half built. But, the bank just has the sign that says bank when he walks into it, unless I missed it, I don't see any interiors, meaning Fickner and all these hypnotists were able to create an entire bank interior, the vault, the safes, all of that from their mind. So what the fuck do they need? Any of this? Why can't they just stick him in a room and just create <laughs> everything instead of having them running around like a dumbass? You know why? Because this was probably made during COVID. So they had to disguise the fact that they were on a studio lot because they couldn't do much. And I saw somebody else on Facebook say, yeah, It's basically like they filmed during COVID and they wanted to do an action movie, but they couldn't let the people touch each other. They just had to give each other stupid (laughs) fucking looks. Uh Holy hell. And then the whole reason where... This trick, he was even tricking his wife because he, the way to save their daughter was to bring all of the hypnotists into one group, which is at this old farmhouse with his adoptive parents, and basically kill them all. Which doesn't make sense, because when we see the flashbacks to when they're doing the experiments on his daughter, I swear to you folks, we see more people in this little, like, hospital room that they have than at the end finale, which tells me you had all of these people in the building to begin with. So why you had to go way above and beyond and create this complex, stupid reason to get them all to this farmhouse. This is such a maddening film. And I will say on my basis, if we were doing a watch or skip, it's a skip, but I will say if this hops on a streaming service, HBO max or whatever one, and you've got some, uh, like an hour and a half, two hours, because I I don't think it's longer than two, you almost have to see it to believe it. And I would recommend, because... Yeah, yeah, a stupid bad movie like this can be made, but it's so curious when it gets made from an auteur, somebody that I know not everyone in our community loves. He's divisive Rodriguez, but I do genuinely enjoy Rodriguez quite a bit. Loved, you know, Harry Mariachi, Desperado. I enjoyed some of his kid output, the Spy Kids movies. The first two were really good. Spy cute. Kids,
1: so good. I really like
0: those two. Um, the Machete films are fun. So I enjoy him. Sin City, obviously, is phenomenal. Uh, you know, you've got a, a good cast. Again, I know Ben Affleck's divisive. I usually look like him. The only person in this cast that comes out well is Fickner, and that is because, one, he's amazing, and two, I think he lucked out, and since he's played these evil characters before where he has to give a death stare, they probably didn't tell him or knew to not go, hey, go a little weird with your facial expressions. <laughs> Just do your evil stare, which is what everyone else should have done because it's going to be dumb no matter what, but at least that makes it somewhat tolerable. yeah. But yeah, you need to just see it to believe it because I could not stop laughing at how stupid all of this was, how serious everyone was trying to take it, how flimsy it all is. And I just I, – the fact that this apparently was in production for like 20-some years and then I saw somebody say this is basically if Robert Rodriguez remade uh, – oh, I keep forgetting the name of the uh, movie for uh, – Cure, which is, I think, a Spanish film, maybe, or no, Japanese Mm. film from 1997, which I haven't seen, but the plot sounds very similar. Detective, you know, discovers uh, while he's investigating some really, you know, curious things. So I'm assuming it's just a remake of that. But I just, wow, I cannot believe that this thing exists. It is the most baffling excuse for a movie and it's funny because when i did post about it uh, i'll give it another shout out to the wildebeest mike he goes i just knew you would have to see this before it left (laughs) your regal and i'm like yeah the cinemaskist in me and i had a a monday matinee available uh if i would have went to the theater the day before the show times were flipped and i probably would have went and saw blackberry instead which i've heard is good and i missed that in theaters but i i had to kill the curiosity of my, of me being the cat and seeing what hypnotic is all about after you uh, we will say, I'll give you, you said, I'm not going to say what you said, but I'll say you basically said it was like a discount bail or not bail. Sorry. uh, Discount.
1: Nolan. I, I think we can say it. Okay. I mean, go ahead and say it. I feel like, please don't cancel me y'all. But like, I had been texting it just about how stupid, stupid this movie was i'd seen it with uh randy who's a good friend of the show good friend of uh, ggtmc and not a bomb in fact they went to the mahoning last night to uh for the drive-in thing i think it included uh dead heat actually i should have included
0: Um, hypnotic wouldn't that have been great instead of seeing old classics on 35 millimeter (laughs) like you're trapped we we cut your tires
1: watch hypnotic surprise we're playing hypnotic um but i had watched i had seen it with randy and i i remember like 40 minutes in, I just turned to him and I'm like, this is so dumb. Like, mm-hmm. what are we watching? Um, and then like you said, the fact that we have to go through the scenario a second time, I was like, oh my god. I was almost <laughs> ready to walk out, quite honestly. And I- um Sonia Braga, who unfortunately, I mean, first of all, I love her. Not it's not Sonia Braga, I'm sorry, that's her mom. Um, Elise Braga who I absolutely love. I think she's gorgeous. Every movie she's in, she just brings the thunder. If y'all haven't seen Repo Man with um, Jude Law, she is in that and she is fantastic. But any movie she's in, she she brings the weight. Even with the crap that she has to do here, I think she comes off better than some of the other people. J.D. Pardo, I love him. He's He's gorgeous to look at, but... Ooh, he can't act. And then mm-hmm. poor, you know, Fickner, he's one of our best scenery chewing actors, I think, but he can also be serious, right? Mm-hmm. And so m- what I ended up doing was, I think I got a little angry, like you did, about h- having to watch this, a la Fast X. Um, and I had texted, uh, you know, Troy and all of them, and I, I called this uh, Nolan for the short bus kids oh, um, not just long. because just because it tries to go mind bending, but all it really does is just intelligence bend. <laughs> is that a <laughs> so phrase? Nice. We do that. It because now. It's so dumb I'm and so poor, stupid. poor Ben Affleck. Oh, my God. He looked miserable miserable during this i mean i hate to say this but i what i was about to say and i'm about to say it now was god i hope he had some alcohol on his trailer because (laughs) even and and that's that's callous because he's obviously going through substance abuse issues but like this this he looks miserable in it the movie is miserable and you know you mentioned this robert rodriguez like he's probably one of my Cinematic heroes, you know. I mean, he wrote that book about making indie films. El Mariachi was like seminal. It was like, oh my god, check out this guy Rodriguez. He's from Texas, and he's doing this crazy stuff on a low budget, and and Desperado. All of those movies. There, there's a a fun and a visual style to him. He's like like the Latino Sam Raimi, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it's just a shame for 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 this to be a Robert Rodriguez movie. I. I kind of feel like he should have gone the Alan Smithy route and just been like directed by, you know, yeah. uh, I, the fact that he, this was apparently
0: a passion project is even more astounding. Uh, and and th- I laughed hard when they had to redo the scenario. Cause I've said before in the show, you always want to, Revisit a film if you like, but the movies that typically make you want to revisit them almost immediately are ones with twists, because now you want to go back and see if the twist made sense. It was just the movie is like, listen, I know, I know this is shit. I'm gonna save you the time that you would spend watching this a second time. I'm just gonna show you how it happened now. But even then, I'm like, well, this doesn't like make sense. But I don't care enough to go back to revisit this. At least not anytime soon. Uh, the only yeah. way I would ever want to watch this again is to inflict it upon people, and I would probably be watching their reactions more than to actually watching. Watching the movie because yes, this, yes. I almost wish I would have saw it with the crowd just because I w- <clears throat> would want to see how they reacted. And to be honest, if I would have seen this opening night, I still probably
1: would have been by myself because this thing tanked bad. Uh, if I saw this opening night and I don't do this, I would have demanded my money back. I seriously would have written Regal or gone onto my app and been like, no. I want my money back. I mean, you could have done that with the mystery movie. I mean, I could have, but it was like five bucks. At that point, I was like, you True. know what? Y'all, y'all made more money because I got snacks. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> also, it wouldn't have worked because unless you walked out halfway through, they're not going to refund you. They don't make the movie. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. And so here, okay, because I'm being me, <laughs> um, the movie is shot really well. There are some visual and lighting sequences that are done extremely well. Um, It is some of the visual effects are actually not half bad. Um, So, you know, from a production standpoint, the cinematography, uh, Ben, Ben's always good to look at. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I personally don't think he's like the strongest actor in the world. Mm -hmm. Like there's the, the, for every, the town, there's a, what is it? We own the night or 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 the night killed us. Or oh, uh, live, That live was live by night. That's which, it. Which yeah. Is yeah. Funny
0: because I was about to say, usually why I've grown to like him as an actor, he seems better when he's directing himself, which is incredibly hard to do, but I think he did direct live by night. So that eventually killed that, that notion in my mind. And I think it just comes yeah. down to he he's not as versatile uh, of an yes. actor, but when he is in the right role,
1: he can be very good. Which is weird because, you know, he's long, he has a long term association with Matt Damon, obviously, because they wrote Good Will Hunting, they, you know, were in it. And, and um, did they? No, Gus Van Sant. But, you know, Damon probably has a little bit more, not a little bit, but probably has more versatility than Ben. Um, But... Yeah, this this movie unfortunately was the pits. Um, it really does have to be seen to be believed. Uh, Daniel over at Daniel over at the Wild Dream Podcast uh, had sort of uh, mentioned in our DMs that he had seen the trailer and sort of was like. This can't be a movie, right? <laughs> almost like, almost like maybe he was watching, you know, an ad for something, and then the Taco Bell Nacho Grandes were gonna come out. Or something. <laughs> what I mean? But he, was, but he sort of was like, he sort of was like, this can't be a real movie. I'm so surprised, right? And that it, and it, we were like, that's
0: us during the movie, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's that level of of kind of insanity. Robert Rodriguez, we still believe in you and love you. Please, please reissue something to cleanse the palate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, I was going to say, the other benefit is, too, is that this movie plays like a neo-noir, which really should be its own sort of new genre, I think. Troy talks about this a lot on on Not a Bomb. They talked about how Dead Heat was basically just a neo-noir gore remake of DOA. Um, So there's a very strong neo-noir aspect to this, and I like that aspect of the storytelling it's just that everything else fell yeah. flat.
0: Yeah, we had a lot I of would, neo-noirs in the 80s and 90s, but that they've kind of gone the way of the dodo bird.
1: Well, I was going to say this movie and one other movie could be on a double bill and they could call it the neo-noir um slumber party where because the movies will put everybody to sleep. You could do <laughs> you could do this movie and Hugh Jackman's Reminiscence directed uh, by Lisa uh, Nolan Joy. Nolan. Oh,
0: Nolan. It all comes back oh to Nolan. Oh my god,
1: it all comes back to we want to try to out Nolan Nolan and then we know Nolan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy well there you go folks if you you were upset that we didn't cover that proper you got you got a really fun mini review but what we are reviewing proper is the machine starring burt kreischer which we've hinted at we know he's a popular comedian but we are not overly familiar with him did this movie convert us to kreischer fans before we get to that we got to go over the cast and crew. So I'm going to hand it over to my esteemed colleague Jose to go over the behind the scenes, the behind the camera
1: crew oh, below the line, as we like to say, Um, by the way, the speaking of below the line, I believe the WGA strike is still going on. Um, Yeah. Go union push yep. for yours. I feel like, uh, well, with some of the issues, definitely. Um, and as being a union member myself, not of the WGA, obviously, but yeah, go, go union, go writers. Um, uh, and apparently they, uh, Thunderbolts is now officially mm-hmm. on, on hold because and of the writer's strike.
0: Surprisingly, Deadpool three is not.
1: So who it's, that's going to cause some issues because what's happening. Oh boy. As the girl in Poltergeist says, okay, so the machine, uh, this is brought to us by director and producer, Peter Atencio, which kind of sounds like a f- the foreign word for attention. Atencio. Actually, Atencio? I thought you were say the foreign
0: word for pretentious.
1: <laughs> Pretentio. oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just combined the two. Peter Atencio, pretentious. No, uh, but anyway, directed by, directed and produced by Peter Atencio. Although he literally has done it all, so he's got editor, writer, producer credits. He's known primarily as the director of every single episode of. The variety sketch show Key and Peel, for which he also won an Oscar and had been nominated uh, for several years, actually, before finally winning. Uh, He also has uh, he's kind of steeped in comedy, as it were, because he's also directed The Midnight Show, which was a sketch show from the Upright Citizens Brigade. He's also directed comedy for television. So we're looking at Last Man on Earth. That was the. Uh, now I'm blanking on the name of the comedian who I think is super cute, but people are like, "You're crazy." Kurt um, Kreischer? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He played MacGruber.
0: Oh, Will uh, Forte. Yeah, I think Forte yes. is kind of sexy. How do yeah, yeah, yeah. people don't so, think? Oh, he's bad. They're kind
1: of like one. Mm-hmm. And then I also mentioned that i think nate Faxon is is very very sexy and they're like yo yo his teeth but um (laughs) so he has directed last man on earth with will forte making history he also directed the failed abc series whiskey cavalier that was starring lauren cohen who actually left the walking dead to be on that show surprise she went back to the walking dead uh most notable film in television Probably are these two properties. All six episodes of the Prime exclusive Jean Claude Van Johnson, which uh, was a Prime series that posited Jean Claude Van Damme, the actor, or a Jean Claude Van Damme like actor, but he was also a spy undercover behind the scenes. Um, and then, of course, they directed Keanu, which was the <clears throat> Michael Keegan Key and Jordan Peele starring show. Was that a was that a riff? on key and peel or uh, was that a character from it or no
0: no no so it was kind of its own identity i actually remember seeing that in the theater um and basically i actually was, never saw it was it it's, good? It's, it's cute it's uh, obviously it's not up to to par with some of the key and peel skits but it's basically uh key uh Peel gets a cat in Keanu, but the cat gets abducted by, like, gangsters, so they have to kind of go save him. So I can, once I noticed, and you said that he directed Keanu, I'm like, okay, I see why they probably tapped him to do this one, because it's similar in that it's comedians kind of in in action settings. Um, The best thing about Keanu is the opening where he takes his cat and he recreates movie scenes with the cat, like he dresses him up like Pulp Fiction and all that. Oh my God, that's so cute. And I wish Shadow would let me put, like, close on him, because uh, he will not, because I would totally do this. Oh my
1: God, please, please try. I've tried. Um, Trust me, I have tried. It is not <laughs> happening. <laughs> and I was going to say, before we move on to the to the writers and some of the other uh, uh, below-the-line people, he has a very inspiring quote on his IMDb, and this quote says, The world lost an icon of mythological proportions when I first realized I was a weirdo. David Bowie was the first person who made me feel like I might belong somewhere. I don't know that I've ever felt this strongly about the passing of someone i never met, but merely worshipped from afar. I think that kind of says everything about Mr. Atencio. Well, that's... uh that's very after I read, sweet, and yeah. uh, I just want to apologize in advance. <laughs> I was going to say, after I read that, it's not going to change my opinion of the movie, but Atencio, uh, you are at my Atencio. Okay, so our writers are Kevin Beigel. He is known for co- and consulting producing and writing on comedy shows. There's a theme here, comedy shows, yo. Uh, Scrubs, 39 episodes. He created and wrote an ep- uh, a series of, I loved called enlisted on Fox. It was about like uh, two goofy brothers who ended up enlisting and just the chaos that they created on this base. It's very cute. I wish had gone on. People check that out. If you ever see that also the ABC shows cougar town, he wrote 102 episodes for that series with Courtney Cox and then the real O'Neill's. Note, he has two other brothers who work in the industry as well. A lot of television series, action, comedy, etc. cetera. Uh, Scotty Landys is our second credited writer. He hails from Reisterstown, Maryland. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Home state boy, making it big. He acted before in comedy shows, but primarily is a writer and a producer. He's most known for his work with comedian Adam Devine, having written episodes of Adam Devine's house party and then working extensively on Workaholics, which is one of my favorite shows so ever good. in life. I have the entire series on DVD, you, and I will I will tell you, I revisit that. Do shit you
0: find Adam Devine attractive? Yes, but yeah, on that
1: show, I, but on that show, it is all about Anders Holm, well, definitely. But uh, who I think is mad sexy. I,
0: so uh, I kind of have grown to, I mean, I've always loved all of them, but kind of grown to, to find Anderson Holm attractive. I love his mustache because I think it's distinctive, but he is somebody that I don't, like, from an attractive standpoint, not that he has to do that, but just from a vain area that doesn't, you know, tickle my fancy, yeah. but <laughs> it, it's grown on me and that, obviously You that. mean Blake don't Anderson, s-
1: his oh. mu- his mustache and oh the long God, hair? Oh, my God, Blake Anderson. Yeah, yeah. You said so I'm talking. Home.
0: Well, Anders sorry. Holm is the, oh, yeah, the other yeah. guy. Oh yeah, Anders, that, Anders Holm. Oh. That, guy. Ah, that guy is oof,
1: dreamy. But I always yeah, yeah. kind of liked Adam Devine as well. I think he's very cute. I think he is very cute. And he did a movie where um he did some extensive full frontal nudity. And I was kind of like, go Adam Devine. Hell
0: yeah.
1: Um, It was that spy movie where, God, there's this redheaded actor that I absolutely adore. And I think he ends up kissing that actor. Um. Oh God. Anyway, it was the Netflix spy thriller that they had done. So game over. Man? It, it, yes. So yeah, if y'all want to check fine. out Adam Devine's junk, it's, it's uh, all over game over anyway. Um, so Scotty Landis has also written the film ma, which is a surprising credit on his resume starring Octavia Spencer. That was a sort of odd, weird social media thriller that was actually quite effective. Yeah, I kind of dug was it. All right. I didn't mind it. Um, he also wrote something called Deadcon, which I haven't seen, but now my interest is piqued. The log line for this film, Deadcon, says, The horrors and isolation of being a social media influencer run rampant when a collection of YouTube and Instagram stars soon discover there are things scarier than thousands of teenagers armed with phones asking for selfies. I don't know, hmm. that's kind of a killer hook, right? I'm kind it's- of intrigued. I know, but uh, obviously I think it's low budget, but whatever, I'm I'm gonna check it out, y'all. So Landy's also has his name on the Netflix show called Bog Beanie Bog, which I have not seen. Apparently it's kind of funny, I guess. And then the game show, the misery index. Did you ever check this out? Is it was that from the one the with the Jamil Jamil and yeah, and Jamila Jamil? S- Jamila Jamil. I've
0: seen a couple of episodes because I do have grown to like Jamila Jamil. I didn't get to see the good place. So what I've seen are other things. And I actually am a fan of impractical jokers. Their movie was iffy, but I I do enjoy them. So it was okay, but I don't know. I think it was one of those, the gimmick was too
1: overcomplicated almost to, to kind of make it work. It is. So if, if people aren't interested or interested, (laughs) Hey, if you're not interested in this, don't check it out. But (laughs) if, if, if people are, if people, um, are not familiar with the misery index basically what it does is i think they either bring on they mix uh citizens and then actors or even some writers and they come on and they rate their most miserable life events but they do it in a comedic way Mm -hmm. so it's and they also
0: do like video clips of like other people's being miserable
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some people had very bad reactions to a couple of the shows. Like they're like, why are we, why are we ranking misery? But it's sort of one of those things where like, Hey, look where life can take you and let's laugh about it, which is admirable.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's basically, they probably watch ridiculousness, which is on MTV where they just watch viral videos and kind of crack wise at them. And then yes. decided to try to make a game show out of it. And it didn't quite work, but didn't
1: I, not entirely successful. A, yes. <laughs> By the way, Ugh, there was a marathon of ridiculousness, and I very ridiculously sat and watched like, like
0: four hours. Uh, so when I like, was visiting my off. I don't know why my uncle down in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago, that's why we missed an episode. Uh, we spent most of the time inside because he's recovering from heart surgery, and mm. that's basically it's not even a marathon. That's basically what MTV shows. So yeah, we kept we would watch other things, but we'd always like <laughs> if we couldn't decide on something, like well I'll go back to ridiculousness because we know it's on, which is basically I mean- also in Practical Jokers on uh, True TV, which we also did that night because we were like well we know it's going
1: to be on. Yes, exactly. Uh, Um, Yeah, so those are our writers. Um, uh, Bert Kreischer is an executive producer on this surprise. Um, Our one other notable producer would be Jonathan English. Um, but he has been behind films like Sweetwater. I don't know if anybody saw that. It was sort of like a, a like a modern western. Jason Isaacs in it is in it, and I mean he's great in everything he's in. But he also produced uh, the films Ironclad and The Minotaur, which I believe I saw The Minotaur. It, it was okay. Was Ironclad
0: um, the one with uh, Paul Giamatti? Isn't that like the uh, old school like sword and sorcery type
1: movie? Um, yes, Jimetti, okay. Jason Fleming, um, Brian Cox, and James Purifoy. Yeah, okay. uh, he actually also directed and wrote that as well. Interesting. Um, yes, but uh, English uh, has also worked on the recent show, The Ark. I don't know if anybody saw that. It, it seems rather interesting. I think it's getting a second seat, mm, maybe. Um, it's a sci-fi show, and the logline goes follows the remaining crew of a spacecraft known as ARC-1 who must become the best version of themselves to stay on course and survive after experiencing a catastrophic event that caused massive destruction and loss of life. So essentially, it's like Earth-2 on a spaceship. Um, I hear it's actually not bad. It's on Sci-Fi and it's streaming on Peacock. So check that out, y'all. The only other person I wanted to sort of shout out from below the line would be our uh, DP, our cinematographer, Eagle Brilled who is, uh, Denmark, Denmarkian. It's not, it's
0: it is, not it, it is now
1: Denmarkian. It <laughs> is now. <laughs> is he a football performer? Denmarkian um, Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> he is Danish. He is the cinematographer best known for in Bruges, the last King of Scotland and the recent Adrian line, deep water, which, uh, again, not entirely successful. Also starring Ben Affleck. <laughs> Hello, there's a trend here. Uh, ben, um, <laughs> get a better yes. agent. <laughs> yes, but uh, uh, Deepwater stars Anna DeArmas and Ben Affleck. Adrian Lyne, as you know, directed Fatal Attraction, nine and a half weeks. Probably is the reason why I visualize certain sexy things the way I do because of him. Uh, but uh, yeah, Eagle Brilled. Great cinematographer. He's also done films like The Wizard of Lies. He did 11 episodes of House of Cards. So he was in my hometown of Baltimore and Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it. Yes. Uh, Becoming Jane as well as Crime and Punishment. So those are our notable below the lines Justin to you with the cast
0: All right. so the cast starring as himself a fictionalized version of himself is Burt Kreischer he portrays the machine Uh, so as I hinted at earlier he is a very popular stand-up comedian he rose to fame because of a viral story that went out that this film is based on when he was in college he uh, got involved with the Russian mob and this movie is a playoff of that Uh, ever since then he's been selling out stadiums he I I think is a regular on the Joe Rogan podcast and the only other thing I knew him from because I I was very vaguely familiar with him the wildebeest Mike I know you were astounded to find out this guy was successful I think had I not had a couple of family and friends who have sent me some stories and some of it some of him can be funny there's a a story he tells about his daughter throwing a period party which is hysterical (laughs) um that's great uh but I probably wouldn't know much of him but he hosted a game show on TBS called The Go Big Show. And the reason I know of this is because at the time, Cody Rhodes was still with All Elite Wrestling. And he was a judge on that show, which is basically... Bingo. A big, yes, there's your bingo card. Which is basically just people come in. I guess you are almost say it's like maybe even the gong show, basically, where they come in and they do weird shit. And the judges state... In an America's Got Talent kind of way, whether they think they they went big or they should go home. I think that was the game. I never actually watched the show, but I saw the damn ads all the time on AEW and like the crossover <laughs> stuff. Um, so I knew him from that. But other than that, I, I didn't really have any familiarity with him, and he hasn't really popped up in like as a cameos in movies or anything. Uh, I think he has his own podcast. So if if you're not in his his circle or understandable that you wouldn't realize, but he is apparently a very popular comedian playing uh, the, I guess. Oh, go
1: ahead. uh, Well, I was just going to say this. I think so. Two things. One, uh, apparently in 1997, he was featured in an article in Rolling Stone while he was attending Florida state (sighs) university. And the magazine named him the top partier at the number one party school in the country. And this article actually served as the inspiration for, wait for it, folks, 2002's National Lampoon's Van Wilder starring Ryan Reynolds. So this man with his belly out, in, well, obviously he didn't have a belly back then, but inspired uh, Van Wilder, which is the trippiest factoid. When yeah. you shared that with me, Justin, I was like, wait.
0: What? And I didn't know until somebody on my cap story on Facebook said he was the inspiration behind Van Wilder. And then I found the article and I was like, huh, well, how about that?
1: Yeah, which I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We're going to so- get to
0: that. We're going <laughs> yes. to get to
1: our thoughts on Birdie, Bert. And and then I know him from Two Bears in One Cave, which is the, podcast, the podcast that you're talking okay. about. Yes. And so he is obviously one of the bears, but the other bear, Tom Segura, who is a, uh, he's a stand-up comedian as well. First of all, I think he's super beautiful. I would absolutely marry Tom Segura. But I remember the reason why this podcast came to fame was, surprise people, I love gay porn. And um, <laughs> they had brought on... They had brought on somebody who I'd actually talked to a bit via social media. Um, the porn performer's name is Pierce Paris, who kind of does like – he does everything. He does straight porn, gay porn, bisexual porn. But Pier- Paris is known for um, little tricks that he can do, like um, – um, having intercourse with himself i think that's probably Ooh. the best way that i can <laughs> that i can do that Jealous. as well as the reason why he was on the show is because he can also place his text testicles firmly inside his anus so well, that's i why mean if he can have sex him with himself on.
0: that's actually not that
1: much of a stretch
0: well i yeah. guess it, i guess it is a stretch but you a- know oh I mean? it's
1: a <laughs> 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 I think about it I, did, I didn't intend for that joke to happen it just hit me dad jokes are the best by the way, this uh... is a comedy movie we're reviewing. And we're bringing the comedy, so I yeah. love it. I love it. I think it. we're bringing more of the. Co- well, I'll get there. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so oh, the rest of the yeah. cat. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. So the rest <laughs> well, of the no, cast. I, oh, I go was going to say. I was going to say. There's graffiti in this movie that like is emblazoned on a on a column that says Tom is fat, and that got a very large laugh from my audience as Same well as from me mine. because. Yeah. Tom Segura. Anyway, go ahead.
0: (laughs) So Tom Segura is not in this movie, nor is anybody portraying him. Portraying young Bert is Jimmy Tatro, uh, an up-and-coming actor. You would have seen him pop up in films such as 22 Jump Street, The King of Satin Island, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Bad Education, that is the recent film with Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney, not the Pedro Almodovar film, Uh, Stuber, Super Troopers 2, Boo, A Madea Halloween, Blue Mountain State, The Rise of Thadland, as well as series such as The Real Bros of Simi Valley, American Vandal, The Guest Book, The Mighty Ones, and Home Economics, playing... A fictionalized version of Bert's father, Albert, is Mark Hamill, who I need to be says he was in a bunch of movies uh, in something called Star Wars. I don't know. I know. What him is that? I know him because he voiced the Joker and Batman <laughs> as well as Chucky in the Child's Play remake. And he was also in films such as Corvette Summer, Body Bags, Village of the Damned, those two being John Carpenter films, uh, Guyver. Uh, Brigsby Bear, which I love, everybody should check out. Kingsman: The Secret Service, and his Cock Knocker, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and folks. Yeah, Knocker. I made the joke about Star Wars. Obviously, we know what it is, but when they did those remember the dinner for 5 show they had Mark Hamill on one that K- Kevin Smith was hosting so i know why they mentioned jane silent bob strike back first because of that connection with kevin smith but i could not get past the fact that the first time you saw mark hamill in this his first credit was jane silent bob strike back and then they're like oh
1: yeah he was also
0: in star wars so, <laughs> so that is by the is- way
1: he he also i I believe he played a villain, maybe maybe it was the trickster on the first iteration of the Flash on CBS. Okay. Yes, and he, he has was, a lot of television really good.
0: He has a lot of television
1: credit and voice credit. He's he's really
0: I think people tend to think that oh he hasn't done much since Luke Skywalker, but not just on television but especially voice work is where he's found his calling since the 90s. Uh he is
1: phenomenal. We should also mention that um you know, I think I can't remember if it's after the first Star Wars or if it was after Empire. He was in a horrible traffic accident um, where his face was actually disfigured. And the, the story, the legend goes that even though he was super popular in Star Wars, when the plastic surgeons had to obviously do what they needed to do, they didn't have pictures of his face. And so that's why if you see pictures before the accident and pictures of mark hamill now it's a little bit more obvious now that he's gotten a little older obviously because the skin sags and you know things like that um but that is the reason why there there's kind of a disconnect when you look into his face and he looks so different from you know when he's like ah i wanted to whatever the line was you know in star wars yes (laughs) i should have said it but i i don't know something about like um, why I don't want to fix it. I have to do whatever Tarsi's and so-and-so's whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Playing in the fictionalized
0: version <laughs> of Burt Kreischer's wife, Leanne Kreischer is Stephanie Kurtzaba. She has popped up in notable films, such as the Irishman, the Wolf of wall street, the 2014 version of Annie. She was also in bad education with Demi Chattrell, extremely loud and incredibly close away we go. And recently had a recurring role on the blue blood series,
1: Yeah, she plays a total bitch, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Playing his daughters uh, first, the oldest daughter, Sasha, is Jessica Gabor. Uh, Recently popped up in films such as Run, Sweetheart, Run, and Mormon for a month, but is most known for having a recurring role on Shameless. And playing the younger daughter, Tatiana, is... Emily Villiers, and she was in the film Censor, but is more known for being in series such as Silo and Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, which was, I believe, a former plus of Jose's. And yes. then playing, since this is a takeoff of him joining the Russian mob, playing modern-day Russian mobsters, first uh, uh, playing Irina, is Iva Babek, And I will say this, these are Russian actors and... They are most known for Russian films and Russian television shows, uh, which I am not going to be able to pronounce. So I will try to go with the ones that I can pronounce. So she was in The Last Serb in Croatia, Mali, Life is a Trumpet, We Will Be World Champions, and the series Guardian of the Castle. And then I have a note that says other series I can't pronounce. Uh, Hi, Alexi,
1: her brother. Oh, go ahead. Actually, so I was just going to say this. Um, Not to anger Russian people, but... Miss uh, the woman you're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she's actually Croatian. So oh, she sorry, is Croatian, not. I'm sorry. So she is not Russian. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, but there, you, there's going to be a theme of non-Russian actors playing Russian actors, which it happens everywhere. Yes. So, you know, when people are, I mean, I, I get when people are complaining that like, you know, the character is Korean and then they hired a Chinese person. It's like, look, This has been happening to Eastern European people over and over and over again, and nobody's really made us think about it. Anyway, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Uh, He's probably also Croatian, maybe not, but playing Alexei, another Russian, her brother is Robert Massar. Uh, He has been uh, popping up in more notable American productions, so you would have seen him in stuff such as Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, 1917, Uncharted, Tiger Girl, Blood and Gold, and then he was on 101 episodes of a show I cannot pronounce. And then lastly, I will shout He's out- He's German, by the way. German. There you go. Yeah. Lastly, I will shout out Martin Ford as Sponge. He mm. was in Accident Man, which I finally watched to honor Ray Stevenson, and both of those films are very fun. He was in yep. Kingsman, The Golden Circle, he was in F9, The Fast Saga, so he has a Fast and Veers connection. Boom. Final score, <laughs> The Marine Six, in Undisputed Fight for Freedom. If you guys can tell, we're almost an hour in and we haven't gotten to the show. I think we are purposely dragging this on because we're kind of afraid of how we're going to talk about this movie. So, with that being said, Jose, what are your spoiler-free thoughts on Burt Kreischer's The Machine? Well, Burt Kreischer's starring
1: film The Machine. Okay. Before before we do that, though, I want to say Scooter and I were just marveling over how Martin Ford is just a massive, massive gentleman. He's wearing skinny jeans and to any costume designers in the future, while we enjoyed him being in skinny jeans, he probably should not wear skinny jeans because again, the man is a giant. Also, additionally, I think that he is British. So there you go, British guy playing Russian. Um, the guy who plays, uh, is it Igor? Igor, his uh, his college friend, um, Nikolai Juriko. He's actually uh, from Belgrade, Serbia, so he's Serbian and then i don't know if you were if you noticed this but the fake igor who's on the train is a gentleman named oleg tektarov and audiences will probably know him best from the robert de niro um ed burns movie 15 minutes as well as righteous kill um but he you know back in the day he was playing russian villains like over and over and over again um you may also recognize him from tv shows like ncis he was in we own the night he was in miami vice bobby z so yeah he I, i was surprised to see him actually i was like whoa um so anyway spoiler free thoughts about the machine uh before i dove into this i actually took the time to watch two of uh, Burke Kreischer's stand up specials on Netflix. I avoided The Machine because I did not want um, spoilers or I didn't want to. So there's a stand up comedy uh, episode of his called The Machine where he talks specifically about the basis of this film. And I uh, specifically avoided that because I didn't want there to be spoilers or for me to go like, well, what happened to this anecdote or this and that? So I had actually watched, uh, the two after that, I can't remember what they were called. Oddly enough, he, I didn't realize this. He does the stand-up act like with his shirt off. I guess that's his thing. Yeah. His, his big belly. His
0: big thing was, I don't know how it started. I don't know if he did it in the middle of a show, probably he just telling the story about the machine or partying. He took yeah. his shirt off. So now it, it's his gimmick where, and that's funny too, because when I posted my cast review, somebody said, so is this gimmick that he just takes his shirt off? I'm like, yeah, pretty much that. And he likes alcohol.
1: <laughs> yes. And so, um, You know, frankly, I I do think that Burke Kreischer is very sexy. I would totally date him. I have no problems with his body. I think it's great. Um, But yeah, his stand-up comedy is basically based around uh, shenanigans with his family, um, beer, being drunk and doing crazy things, and then, you know, again, just dealing with his family. So, I mean, his comedy is kind of funny. When I was watching those episodes, I was laughing. There's some really great stuff in there do i think he's like a next level like eddie murphy or dave Chappelle? Uh, i mean probably not but he is appealing and i have listened to two bears one cave and i think he and tom segura are are hysterical in this um i'm sorry are hysterical in the podcast so going into this and knowing his stand-up comedy and all of that i have to say there was this it starts out you know with him in a therapy session with his family so he gets to bring in some of that comedy but then the rest of the movie is this very weird off-kilter flashback thing where he's not even playing his younger self another actor jimmy tatro is playing him who by the way i love tatro he has a he has a very specific look um and he's adorable and he always has so much energy in everything that he's in. I'm a huge Tatro fan. I love him. Um, but it, it was just odd because not a lot of his comedy bits get snuck into this movie. Although there is a middle section of this movie that works that I was like, why not more of this rather than this pseudo John wick preposterous story? You're going to tell me that, well, I guess we should read the logline. Hold on, let me just do this. Um, The logline for the movie is Bert's drunken past catches up with him 20 years down the road when he and his father are kidnapped by those Bert wronged 20 years ago while drunk on a college semester abroad in Russia. And so, first of all, the plot is preposterous, right? 20 years after the event, somebody is going to come back to him and say, hey, you know this little thing you did 20 years ago? We want x which was a smaller part of what you did and it's like how would that even be possible how would he even know right so it's already from the jump a preposterous plot um but what struck me was it it was basically just like a vehicle for him that was more like the average man thrown into extraordinary comedic action circumstances Mm -hmm. and while there is a cute sort of kitschy factor factor to it. Oh, look, the fat guy can do action in martial arts, which was which is admirable, right? Um and I he did do that, his own stunts. He did way. do his he own He broke stunts.
0: his arm during the film. I, I will explain
1: why I know that when I get to my spoiler contents. Okay. <laughs> oh yes. Um and also there's there's a bit of amazing girl power going on with Eva Babbitz um her character uh, there's a very atomic blonde feel to some of her scenes um but this is so scattershot mm-hmm. and bizarre right had i n- had i never invested in bert kreischer's stand up comedian roles and then watched this i would have been like okay they're trying to sell this guy as the new chris farley with mm-hmm. a family background right um and it's just okay like he's not his character in this is not memorable enough for me to be like, I want to see another adventure of Bert and his dad, right? Also, Mark, when did Mark Hamill start sounding like Wallace Sean? Every <laughs> time, every time he opened his mouth, it was like, Ingo-shimo! It's like, called just, acting. <laughs> uh, he well, is trying a different accent. Don't do it anymore, Mark uh, Hamill. Well, but, uh, <laughs> yes. So anyway, anyway. Anyway, some of this does work. Like I said, I'll get to the spoiler section. There's a middle section where I was howling with laughter because it was actually very, very well done and very heartfelt. But some of this is just miserable. Like the flashbacks, he's not even doing his own real comedy, quite honestly. And so I think that this film, we are in this age now where... I can go to a theater and I can say, and this is so weird. I never would have imagined this ever would have happened in my 48 years on this planet that I would be able to go to a movie in the theaters and say, this would be better served and more enjoyable at home on a streamer, but so be it. This is the world that we live in now. And I think that this film works on Netflix, but it doesn't work in the theater because it's, kind of dead on arrival and not as funny. And then uh, we'll get to it in the spoiler section. It gets to, there's just some bizarre, gory moments in this where I'm just like, where did this come from? Why, why are we, why are we watching this? Uh, And, and, and again, some of it is also very, very violent and shockingly violent for, for, you know, a film of this kind of stature. I know it's R rated, um, I did like Eva. I thought she was fine, if not a stereotype. This movie does no favors for Russians, by the way. Um, so in the pandemic, I tried to learn Russian. I tried to, uh, I absolutely love Russian men. I think they're gorgeous Ukrainian men. I love Russian culture. Um, so it was kind of fun to hear some of the dialogue. And I was like, oh, this is what they're really saying. Not the stupid subtitle they're giving you. Um, and by the way, just as an aside, Machina, is the word that they're using for machine in Russian, but I know machina because they typically call cars machina, right? Um, when we think of machines or automatons, like you had said, we've got avtomat, right? Or you could even say stanuk um, machine, or a tool or whatever. So it was just weird that he's like they're talking about like machina and every time they said it, I'm thinking car is bird big as a car maybe but um yeah and then you know the word for man can also be like machine new. so that was even weirder too anyway whatever i love the russian language and culture this movie is doing none, no favors for it because it basically paints all russians as either associated with mom or completely poor or you know violent so take that for what you will um, so sadly This is a skip for me. Okay, so uh,
0: I think where we're going to differ is the stuff that did work for me. I'll be nice off the bat is when it tried to be more preposterous and violent. Because, I mean, that's the whole selling point of the movie is you're putting this fish out of water and this action comedy. Um, And I actually liked Mark Hamill the most in this just because I thought his weird accent was funny and I liked his dynamic. (laughs) I thought he kind of stole the show out from underneath Burt. And one last nice thing, I, I do think this is shot very well. It's edited very smoothly when they go into the flashbacks. It's very unique with how they, you know, they'll use the the old school thing where you might have, uh, you know, it does a... Crawling shot or a panning shot of you know maybe the ground, but then as it comes up, it you know goes back into either a new setting or an old school setting. It's it's a very nice production. They spent good money on this. I think they utilize colors really well and the neon lights of some of the Russian clubs and that. They use that to bounce off some of the action and the humor well. Uh, but my, my big issue with this is the fact that it just isn't that funny. It's, it's boring. I know you said this would work better on Netflix. I think it's dead on arrival no matter where you put it at. Mm. And you had avoided the, the machine story. So to not be spoiled, I think you made a mistake because this is one big in joke to a degree. Like you mentioned that Tom is fat which made everybody laugh and the that um, and it's accessible. I'm not going to say it's if you're not a fan, it's hard to watch. But most of the gags or the stuff with the machine, it's, it's going off this idea that you know what it is. And if if you're not, and maybe it's why I took to the Mark Campbell character. If you're not familiar or that overly familiar, I'd heard the story years ago, but I forgot about it. Um, he's always just perplexed that his son is popular as a comedian and people believe these stories. So he doesn't really listen to these stories. So he's kind of the he's kind of me in the movie. He's basically yeah. the avatar for us. But I thought his dynamic with Burt kind of was fluid throughout. It might not have always worked, but I think it was the one thing that was consistent. I think everything with the flashbacks, while they're edited smoothly, all of it fell flat. I don't think any of it worked. I don't think any of it felt sincere. I felt it was forced. Uh, I I, I like Tatro, but I think he was just wasted here. Um, I think it would have just been funnier to private parts this and make him do the Howard Stern thing where he just plays the younger version himself, but he doesn't really do anything to make himself look younger. I think that would have been funnier. I think the movie, it's almost two hours. It feels too long, but it just it, it's not paced well. It doesn't have an energy to it that matches Bert's rambunctious energy. It's very much a malaise over the whole movie. It just slowly plods along, going back and forth between flashbacks and then these set pieces in Russia. There's many jokes in the past about... Bert's act was just referencing stuff like Austin Powers. And now <laughs> yes. it's just, there's a really weird gag involving a 90s sitcom that I, I won't spoil, I guess, but it, if I thought it did not really, it, it kind of got a chuckle up first, but then they beat it into the ground. They beat the fat jokes into the ground to the point where even Bert has to call it out at one point. Like, yeah, yeah we've established that I'm fat, which did make me chuckle. My biggest issue with this, unfortunately you were saying you were trying to avoid the, the, the machine story. Well, I had seen what was called the live theatrical experience, Burt Crusher live. And what this was, was at 9 PM, uh, they live streamed somewhat the premiere red carpet premiere in Hollywood, which was happening at six. So for about 30 minutes, What you had was this really weird stationary shot of its red carpet, which even the fans in the audience were like, what the hell are we watching? (laughs) And then it tried to sell it as if we're getting live interviews on the red carpet. But it was clear as these weren't live because at one point you interviewed Bert and then cut to a scene where he's in a completely different attire on the other side of this red carpet where he couldn't have made it back and forth in that amount of time. So I don't know why the fuck we had to watch this stupid stationary bullshit. But... It was interviews with, like, his friends and family. You know, you realize, obviously, he has two loving parents, so that's all, you know, make-believe. Tom Segura gets interviewed. Did you think Burt was going to be an action star or be in a movie? No. You know, so everybody's like, ah, ha ha They have what they think is breaking the mold because they do like beer pong and axe throwing. He's like, you've never seen a red carpet like this. I'm like, oh, who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't <laughs> It's not that special. <laughs> but then it does. It kind of enlivens itself. Well, first, I, we, I came in like the last five minutes beforehand. I guess what they were doing before the actual thing, instead of doing the newbie pre-show, they had were basically special features. So it looked like it was ads that you would probably find online or an electronic press kit that would like show clips from the movie, but then it would be behind the scenes of the movie or Burt talking about it. And oh, that okay. spoiled the movie because some of that was funnier. I don't mean- anything in the movie uh when him and tatro got to like they actually had a good chemistry together so i was kind of hoping there's there's one scene but like obviously because it's flashbacks they don't really interact but there's a bit where they're like modeling jumpsuits and when they pose Bert goes man i wish we were a gay couple this would make for a great christmas card and i laughed at that oh my god yes <laughs> but then you know but then the last ten minutes of the special is him going into the theater and introducing his movie, and he's selling it. He should be proud of it. He got to make his own movie, you know, starring it. He, you know, he gave a shout out to the Writers Guild. He goes, you know, he, you know, was saying yes, go, you know, strike. It's why they're not here. Proud of you guys. So that's nice. He gave a yeah. rah rah speech, but he's selling this movie. He's selling me a bag of goods that did not happen. He's talking about how he's trying to bring comedy back to the theaters and going big, go big, and and he said he. I guess they filmed a different opening and he decided I'm going to go fucking harder. And he kept saying everyone, the producers on them told him, we don't know if you're going to make a good movie, but you got to seem like you're having fun and you got to go fucking hard. And I watched this movie and I'm like, dude, you didn't, you barely went hard. This is, even though it gets violent, this is very passe for comedy. It's not touching any new ground. And that opening that you had talked about with his, the, the therapy it got actually some chuckles out of me like when he goes he says i called my daughter the c word i like the fact that he doesn't say what the c word is but then eventually just tells when they leave <laughs> that was funny straight, straight from his comedy straight, straight from, from the stand-up so i did think that was funny but i'm sitting there going how is this going fucking hard like did they rib you was this the original opening and then you filmed like an action scene and they took it out so i couldn't get that out of my head and, and unfortunately that that was that, and it's just the rest of this movie. There's nothing. It rarely goes hard or goes big. It's just, it's coasting. It is what they eventually would do to Eddie Murphy and any other comedian was they realized he was popular when sell the movie, and they thought, well, he himself is funny, so what if we just put him in a gimmick? In this case, we're gonna take. Bert's idea, you know, his story that he was in the Russian mob, and well, he had said the reason he didn't want to originally make that as a movie was he was afraid the Russian mob would find out and come try to get him. So that's where they're like, well, let's make that the movie, and that's inspired. I actually think that's a clever idea, but I don't think the execution's funny at all. I don't. I I think it's very labored. Uh, It's boring. The action is okay. I I kept thinking, man, if only they would have gotten like eighty-seven North to maybe do this, we would have been better off um
1: well they certainly flirt with that there are scenes in here that feel very bullet train very atomic blonde very yeah there's a
0: lot of there's a long sequence on on a train that immediately made me think of those films and not in a good way unfortunately i mean i i laughed more bullet train than i did with this and i thought that pushed more ground um uh, if I didn't see some of those interviews before where I did think Bert came off as very affable and lovable, he's not afraid to cry, which I always think even in this day and age is something that, I mean, we're more open to, but I do think it's still, you know, the toxic masculinity. And that's why I think it's funny because I know some people, and I get why, because of Joe Rogan and that you would think that Bert is as a douche bro. So to speak would be this toxic masculine guy, but I don't really feel that like even that joke that he made with, with Tatro didn't feel homophobic. It felt like genuine, like he had no issues with, he wished he was, you know what I mean? it's So I yeah. don't get that from him. He seems like an endearing, lovable guy, and like all the cast, obviously is going to be like, yeah, hey, I fell in love working with the guy. I'm sure you did. He kind of seems like he's having fun, but the problem is the plot gets in the way. They don't find, Atencio and crew, everyone, the writers, they don't find a way to work the humor in with Burt's personality. So instead of being early cycle Eddie Murphy where they, put him Beverly Hills cop in 48 hours and made it work because they made everything work. His humor, it fit with his character. It fit with the scenarios. Everyone worked off of it. It was a perfect storm. This is later, this is like Vampire in Brooklyn, not that bad, but it's that idea where it's like, wouldn't it be funny if Eddie Murphy was in a, a vampire in a West Craven horror comedy? Okay, you had an idea, but you didn't do anything with it. You coasted on this. And I just felt like this coasted. Even the stuff of our camera, which I liked, it coasted on the fact that, hey, Luke Skywalker's playing his dad. The biggest laugh, and we'll talk about it in spoilers, actually comes during the credits when they, they have a bit that, that just wasn't matched by the movie's energy. And I don't think this is terrible by any means uh, i know I, I i sound like i was saying that i do think it's dead on arrival i don't find it insufferable a lot of people said oh i bet this is an insufferable watch it's not it's just kind of bland and for the most part surprisingly boring and on if anything that's probably worse like this isn't yeah. swinging for the fences at
1: all it's just yeah this whole this whole him saying going hard the, i think the thing that was the disappointing, most disappointing thing about this is you don't get a you don't get an iota of a sense of who bert kreischer actually is mm-hmm. or even a sense of his comedy like had i not seen those those specials i would not have seen the i would not have caught the references to his comedy um because they were throwaway lines like it's just and you're right he appears to be sleepwalking through the first quarter of the film um or even half of the film actually mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think yeah. this just
0: need to be wilder. I think it should have, like he said, it should have gone fucking hard. Like, of course, he's not an like actor. Like his comedy. Yeah, like his comedy. He's not an actor. You're putting him into a gimmicky comedy. You make the gimmick. I like the fact that the story's preposterous. It doesn't make any sense that this fucking mobster is hearing this story about this, like, family, you know, this Russian story that he's telling. I'm like, oh, my God, he has the watch or whatever. We got to go find him. Like, now you just figure that out. You know, it's it's so preposterous. But I'm like, you can be- have that be fun. But they don't. They don't do anything with the actual mobster. The Brother, I like to say it doesn't really have much to
1: do. Even Iva, like when she finally does get comedy, it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, well, I, I think they're playing into that. So it's funny, there's little Russian culture bits like you know, nobody nobody walks down a sidewalk and says, Hello, how are you? Like if you do that in Russia, you'll get punched, right? It's yeah. it's not something that they do. People are just sort of tunnel vision. And so I think again, it's they're feeding into that Russian stereotype. So even when she does the comedy, it's very stiff or whatever, which but it's not again stiff, I think it maligns Russia. Yeah. It's not stiff in a funny way. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's not stiff in a funny way. And all that stuff with like when the dad sees the girls and I give him that look, it's most of the time, it's just very surface level in like, you could have found this in any other. Co- it's a sitcom. It feels like a really lame sitcom, not a good one, yeah. which is funny considering one of the damn jokes in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I just, I was just kind of, I was, it was, it was there. I was just indifferent towards this movie during its two hour runtime. I chuckled occasionally. But I I wanted it to go harder. And would I have been maybe as harsh if I didn't have that 30-minute special beforehand? Probably. But you know what? I don't blame myself. They did that because I only had two showtimes to pick from. It was that, which thankfully I didn't have to pay extra for or wait and see it proper at 10. And, hey, at the very least, the movie started at 9.30. But, hey, I expected them to still show me trailers. So if if this would have been not a live experience and it would have still been starting at 9.00, I would have started five minutes earlier at most. So really, at least I got right. something different and I found out like little tidbits about him doing his own stunts, breaking his arm. But unfortunately,
1: uh, the, the movie is not as exciting as he thought it was. You know, as I was leaving, it's funny you mentioned Eddie Murphy because as I was leaving, I was kind of like, this isn't how you put a, a stand-up comedian into a into a film. But then I thought about, Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours and and Trading Places and the films that Eddie Murphy had done. And I was trying to think about like, what did they do with Joe Piscopo? What did they do with um, you know, other stand-up comedians who are put into it? And and quite honestly, the trend has been exactly this, which is take a completely 180 story, put the comedian in there, but then highlight the comedians whatever their trademark is, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and unfortunately, they didn't do that here, save for the story about getting involved with the Russian mob, which ostensibly is either true or maybe not or exaggerated, um, and then him taking his shirt off. And it, it sort of begs the question, like, why is Bert Kreischer so popular, you know, if that's really all it is? And again, I think it's – I found his humor to really just be about him being a bumbling dad mm-hmm. and sort of a recovering – College frat boy alcoholic, right? That's that's his brand. That's his comedy, but that's like a Tim Allen. That's like a television show. That's not a um, movie, exactly. You know, and like,
0: and the sincerity gets lost because he has to be at odds with his daughter, and then obviously the family's not even there, and then you get this, you know, dichotomy with it, or this dynamic with his dad. So all of that, like, because I mentioned the period story, that's actually really funny. I don't have kids or anything, but him having to like kind of bumble through and how his daughter interacts with him and how he gives her a personality. That's actually really funny. And I'm like, I see why he's very popular. The machine, his story. I was like, okay, it's fine. But like that, when my my brother-in-law sent that to me, I'm like, holy shit, this is actually really funny. I'm laughing a lot. It's, I can see why. Yeah. you don't get that here. You get that, I guess, a bit with the 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 scene in the opening with which is maybe why he thought he went it went big, because it captured his personality. And maybe he thought, like, even if I'm not saying it to their face, calling my daughters the C-word and that is funny. It kind of was, but that's all it was. It, it, it's just not yeah. it, it gets lost. It's everything is lost in this very lame, boring plot, which is not a problem. You could be simple and preposterous, but they don't hang anything from it. So you're just stuck with a simple, preposterous, boring
1: plot. Very beautiful preposterous, boring plot. Mm-hmm. So I take it it's, it's a, a skip.
0: It's a, it's a skip for me as well. I mean, I guess if yeah. you're a fan of, even if you're a fan of Bert, I mean, I think the, the crowd I saw it with liked it, but they were, didn't go crazy over it. So I don't even know if, if you're a fan of Bert's if you're going to like it, because I feel like what you love about Bert is kind of on autopilot in the background in this film. So skip, just skip all around.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we're going to head into spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. So if you have not seen The Bear... Uh, you're going to want to turn off. The machine, not cause... the bear. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I mean, if the if the bear skin fits um, <laughs> or if the t-shirt doesn't fit, maybe is what I should have said. But um, if you haven't seen The Machine, you're going to want to turn us off. We're going to spoil the she's as in this in three, two, one. Okay, when she goes... Oh my God! It looks like you're fisting his neck. I was like, "What am I watching?" That I
0: loved. That <laughs> that whole scene where he punches the guy in the throat and it gets stuck and it's just what I want. That's where I thought I'm like, okay, I thought the film was taking a turn. And I'm like, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna have this really over the top action comedy, and then Bert's gonna be the fish out of water, and maybe it'll be hard to get his personality in there. But you could probably tie this into whether the stuff with the Russian mob as a kid was true or not. All of that. I thought that yeah. was funny. But then that's it. Like the rest of the uh, until you get to the finale where he has a, a fight scene, which isn't even that special. It's not as preposterous as that. It's just I'm like, where was that yeah. energy? That was yeah. funny.
1: That had for, me for the for the listeners who are listening who choo- are choosing not to go to this and are are listening to the spoilers. What happens is is uh, Oleg Tartarov, the the actor who was big in the the 90s as a Russian baddie, he shows up. The sister. Who has kidnapped Bert, slits his neck, but he's still kind of alive and bleeding. And then he tries to attack Bert Kreischer, who punches him in the neck, but his fist gets stuck inside his neck. Which, and then of course, Mark Hamill's freaking out or whatever. But that, like that scene, had a bizarro comic energy to it that is sorely missing mm-hmm. in, in the rest of the film. And and you know, Justin's right, it, it just goes absolutely nowhere. Um and then the fight scene in the casino is absolutely preposterous. I mean, again, not doing any favors to to Russians, but like you're going to tell me you're Russian mobsters, you have semi-automatic machine guns, and you can't hit a fat guy and an <laughs> old man crawling around a casino floor. Also, where are these roulette tables that are bulletproof? Because, yeah. you know, send me one. Yeah. To um, me,
0: I almost took that as like it's just a parody of action movies, but it's yeah. like- but it falls flat because this ended up not really being a parody of action movies up till that point. And again, I talked about surface level with like the Russian culture. That's surface level parody. Every it is. action comedy has d- done those gags. And, and the big selling point here is Bert doing his own stunts. But I did see the trailer for this once before Cocaine Bear. So to go back to a bear, fitting. <laughs> and I swear I saw it once more before another movie and I can't remember. And it's one of those cases The all the funny bits are in the trailer. And it's astounding because I don't remember either of these trailers being the red band. So I would assume that like they had to the hold back. Like the only thing missing mm-hmm. from the trailer is that neck scene. So you already seen him trying to do the kip-up where he like jumps up, but instead he just lands awkwardly on his back. You've so I hadn't
1: it. seen that, but that got a huge laugh from me. So that, that was, was already in the trailers. I'm
0: surprised you didn't. So I guess maybe you, you got to cocaine bear later or they just didn't show it for you. Um, the, the I try to go
1: to the bathroom and get snacks when the trailer started. Which makes
0: sense. I started to do that. Uh, I did that with Hypnotic. Um, I... <laughs> But uh, so the bit with him, like using a machine gun or whatever, or a newsie uh, to light his cigar, that was in the trailer. Like, it's just, you, I expected more of that. And again, I know sometimes it's, it's better to go and call, but also you're selling a movie and you, you can't blame people then for complaining that you sold this thing and then you didn't deliver on it because that why you got us into the theater in the first place. And it's just for for an action movie. like Or the other bit, which is funny in the movie, but they showed it in the trailer, was where he accidentally kills three people when he shoots the guy. And then it, the guy oh
1: falls, shoots. Oh my God, they ruined that in the trailer? Yeah, they
0: showed that in the trailer. That was the big laugh in the trailer. And they even ruined the gag where he goes, I killed a person. And his dad's like, well, technically you killed three. So they ruined those the, the, the two best oh jokes God. in there. So the my God.
1: This is why I try to avoid trailers. Yeah, so I, they, I, am, I hate it
0: so they, they ruined that um, and it's just but but even if they didn't ruin that in the trailer it would still amount to just a few chuckles and why is there more of this and the rest of that the fight scenes at the end isn't really all that special like it's yeah. we've kind of just went over it it's a very brief moment where he stands up for himself and his dad finally breaks down and says I love you because they had this running gag where I, I did kind of like the gag where he, his dad acts tough but then obviously when shit goes down he immediately is not tough Yes. But again, that's still surface level bullshit. And there's the running gag with, I, I can see where you're saying it's supposed to be stiff, but funny, but like we said, it's not funny. Or it turns out Iva, you know, she seen fool enough uh, Fool house, uh, family matters and she loves that. So they keep calling back to family oh matters.
1: My God. So yes, what we, what we've been referring to about um, seminal like uh, sitcoms is the Russian sister is apparently a fan of family matters and they're having a heart to heart together and they're talking about like, you know, moving away from the shadow of their family and this and that, and being their own person. And she talks about how she's like, you are like Steve Urkel, right? It's almost like, uh, it's almost like guardians of the galaxy. We Kevin Bacon or or Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck that line was. Um, But she talks about Steve Urkel and all of that stuff. And they're talking about this. And no sooner did I lean over to scooter and go, did I do that? That the little Russian kid goes, did I do that Mm -hmm. or whatever? Um, and so at the end of the movie, she dispatches her father in order to take over like the mob. And then she in, uh, I don't know how many takes of this there were, but she turns to Bert and she says, did I do that? But she says it in such a aggressive, violent way, which I guess is part of the character, but it would have been funnier if she tried to imitate the Harkle. actual character yeah. saying, "Did I do that?" Because when she does do it, it's kind of like, "Oh, okay, it's 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 family matters or whatever." Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it just it didn't work. But going back to that scene, I hinted in the spoilers that there's a section of this that works when his father pushes him off the train, and then he has a conversation with his younger self, and then eventually finds young. Uh, I'm sorry. Igor, his college buddy, and they go to the village, and then there's all this Russian culture stuff, and he's having a dinner with them, and he's flashing back on anecdotes and stuff like that. That is Kirscher's comedy, right Mm -hmm. there. And some of the stuff that they did was fantastic. Like, she hands him the chicken and the rifle, and he's like, what do I do with this? And he turns he's like, what the fuck do I do with this chicken or whatever? Like, that was funny. That worked. I really, that middle section really endeared me, and the whole Urkel thing, and him having a conversation with this ostensibly scary Russian gangster female who has kidnapped him like that stuff worked. And if there was more of that, we might've gotten a better movie, but there just, there just isn't. So and I, did, it's, it's I,
0: disappointing. I did laugh at the chicken bit. But, and I did like the, the actor portraying Igor, but even a lot of that stuff, unfortunately, fell flat for me. So if they gave us more of that, I still don't know if this would have really worked all that much. Yeah. But again, to go we back found to this- a whore. We found a whore in <laughs> That did make me laugh. Uh, and then when he's going, that's my whore. Uh, but again, to go back to that theatrical experience, he not only kind of ruined that joke. So he ruined the family matters bit because he tells the story about, I guess that was based on maybe she genuinely liked family matters or he made a bit out of it because he said when she, when he was talking with her and, Mark Hamill's going to come on set. And, you know, she's like, don't bring up Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars. It's not big movie. Uh, I'm bigger into family matters. So, Bert, being Bert, immediately goes, she loves Star Wars, Mark. Tell her your favorite character is. You love Chewbacca, right? And she goes, yeah. Oh, he goes, my, do your yeah. Chewbacca impressions And she goes, oh, look at me. I am the Chewbacca, you know, something like that. And I'm I like, s- that was funny. So when we got to it in the movie, I'm like, well, we can't do the Star Wars bit. So this isn't fucking funny. Like it was in the stand up act. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah and then the other thing which i think you, you should not do this if you to to the studios and the casting directors if you cannot find an actor that looks reasonably like the actual performer don't put them in a flashback scene where they're sitting next Mm -hmm. to each other and you can obviously see they do not fucking look the same because the nose structure is different the eyes all of it is different so that took me a little bit out of it but the scene of the two of them together sitting on the log reminiscing and him being like you know what's my future like I married a 50 year old oh dude you married an old girl you like that stuff was funny I actually kind of dug that I kind
0: of like their chemistry together and wouldn't have been opposed to a movie where those two just had to be in like a
1: buddy cop movie or something Together. Right. But, but so again, I it's guess a, it's a fleeting moment. What, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a Netflix special in this that should have just been 50 minutes.
0: Yeah, not, I think cutting out an hour a would have helped. Full blown
1: movie, yeah. So or like I mean, a mini
0: series, like Bert. Yeah oh, you go. If they want to, I don't know if I'd watch it, but you could get on one of these streaming platforms a series where it's Bert and his family, this fictionalized yeah. version or whatever. That could be, like you said, like Home Improvement. That could probably work. It probably worked best for him. Uh, this did not work, and I think it, it just they couldn't get the two to marry each other. They couldn't get Bert's personality to work with all the craziness. Uh, they kept beating jokes into the ground and doing it very lazily. Like, it wasn't even that inspired. Anytime there is some inspired mayhem, it's, again, fleeting. It's it's baffling that this... Like you said, if I didn't at least have a small, vague familiarity and then also had that first 30-minute experience, I would have came out going, I wouldn't have hated Bird or anything. I'd just been like, I don't get why he's popular or why this story needed its own movie.
1: Yeah, the and the, and this is the other big thing about studios putting in stand-up comedians into their films, I don't know that this made me want to watch more of his specials. Exactly. Right? It it did not endear me to wanting to check out his specials. Yeah, and Tom Segura... Tom Segura is not in this film, but... I mean i only fell upon that like podcast because of the gay porn connection which is bizarre um but that bit you're talking about where they do the commercial mm-hmm. that actually was pretty oh, inspired comedy so,
0: so during the credits they they do a bit where because in this movie bert's father sells carpets so Chrysler's carpets with a k and i think in real life because on the special when they were he was introducing his parents to mark hamill I think he said, my dad's actually, uh, you know, my dad's an attorney. I think he said attorney, something like that. So when he goes, well, like, you know, he goes, you're, you're a carpet salesman in this movie. And his dad goes, Ooh, that's an improvement. <laughs> so his dad kind of had some, uh, like
1: he's spot on actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I could be wrong <laughs> about it being attorney, but I remember the, the, the thing was, whatever he was doing was obviously bigger than being a carpet salesman. Yeah. But like, he was quick to make that joke. So at the end, they do the bit where he gets his son to do the commercial for him. And he just keeps swearing like in, with glee. And then he makes his dad wear Wear a shirt that is supposed to be birch chest. That dynamic was funny. Of just like his dad just being like, "Fine, let's go with this." Like, I, yeah, I like that. I,
1: but I think know. if there's one, if there's one plus to this movie, haha, watch that plus. Um, I threw that in there. If there's one plus to this movie, it is the relationship between the two of them. They actually did work really well together. I don't think that that makes me want to see another movie with him and his dad. But they they worked well together and despite him sounding like Wallace Shawn, um, why haven't we seen Mark Hamill in more movies? I just don't yeah. understand. Well, he's
0: great in comedy. It's because he does a lot of voice work, which is great, but I think
1: yeah. th- he really
0: fell into finding his calling as a voice actor because you'll see he pops up in a lot of voice work for games, shows, cartoons, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do- reprising Joker a lot. To me, he is the Joker. Like When I read Joker, I hear his voice. But he's also done a lot of television shows. You said like the flash net, he does one-offs in a lot of shows because he's recognizable. I highly recommend seeing him in Brigsby bear and just that film in general. He can be very funny, but yeah, I, I think Mark Hamill needs a Renaissance because this dude he is does. very
1: funny, but that, we yeah. need a Hamil a Hamil-sons. But but uh, all right. So sadly final verdicts, it is a skip for me. Yeah, it's a skip um, for me. I, just, I would say it does a little better streaming wise, but, uh, Justin has a different opinion.
0: Uh, I mean, again, yeah, maybe it'd do a little bit better, but I'll be honest with you. I laughed more during hypnotic, admittedly at hypnotic than with it.
1: <laughs> so maybe you should just go, you know, watch, well, no, nah, I mean, it doesn't <sighs> triple matter. Fe- triple feature, hypnotic, oh, I'm sorry reminiscence this movie and then hypnotic perfect
0: okay yeah yeah, folks and have a have a miserable night Uh, have a slumber party yeah though at least this film comparison (laughs) to those i mean i guess the hypnotic and that is well and i haven't seen reminiscence but at least this one has more inspired moments where it's supposed to be inspired so out of the three it's probably gonna fare the best so maybe that'll be a benefit to the machine to be wedged in between
1: those two yeah and bert kreischer if you are listening to this what i'm gonna say is uh, do another movie with you and Tom Segura and see how that works because I believe in you, pal. I think you can find the right vehicle. This one just ain't it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, if we got this wrong, folks, if you if there are Bird Kreischer fans out there who are like we are just dumb and didn't get the joke, then you can certainly write us and let us know. Any of our social medias, we have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook presence. Um, again, Facebook, you're probably talking to Red. Instagram, you're most definitely talking to me. Uh, you can write us at watch skip plus, spell out all the words, no punctuation at gmail.com. Please also, if you want to, you can send us an audio clip or leave us um, a voicemail message either through email or any of our uh, social media. And we'll certainly play it on the air and address it. Please remember, we really want you to try to leave reviews like we hope that there will be five stars, but even if they're not, if you enjoy our podcast, just at least leave a review and let us know because that's how the word about our podcast gets out so that more people can get us in their ears. If you love us, you are certainly going to love our pod role. We have our Pod Fathers, The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema and Not a Bomb podcast. And then the OGs that inspired all three of us, Night of the Living podcast. I'd also like to shout out Wild Dream podcast. It's probably one of my must-listen-tos. David and Daniel, they guested on our John Wick Chapter 4 episode. But if you hated Fast X as much as we did, you must listen to their episode where it is an epic tear down of not only the film Fast X but the entire series I went into an asthma attack listening to it so check that out also Death by DVD Raiders of the podcast across the pond Backlook Cinema podcast with Zoe VHS Files Silva and Gold cult muscle feminine Critique, and married with clickers Justin
0: we hope that you think us and our pod family could make a better movie that you never skip and you remember that you are the plus Mala Dietz, listeners, ooh, nice. That, that was kind of turning me on there. <laughs> oh, it means
1: it means excellent. Emotional.
0: Oh, oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs>